When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Live from Estopan All In. It's the Vamos Morados Podcast, powered by the state of Louisville. Welcome to the Vamos Morados Podcast on the State of Louisville Podcast Network. I'm your host, Zach. And I'm Benton. And Benton, we have a guest this week. We've been blessed with the presence of Mr. Amadou Dia. Amadou, how are you doing today? Doing good. How are you guys doing? Doing, doing very fantastic. good after last weekend. Yes, six point weekend. I heard very nine points with Lexington, right? Is that what? Yeah, I yeah all the Kentucky teams. We'll count like, that. Yeah, oh. I, as long as it doesn't interfere with my Louisville City interest, I'll cheer on Lexington. So there we go, nine <laughs> points. I like it. Thank you for reminding us of that one. Yeah, I think that was a. I think Jonathan tweeted out that was a that was a first for the state. So mm-hmm. hell yeah, moving on and up. We like to start things off kind of talking about what we're into this week, just that are just kind of random things. So, Zach, I want to hear from you. What are you into? All right. So I feel like our our what are we into's have been way too nerdy lately. So I thought I'd I thought I'd bring it down a little bit this week. I have been into the new seasons of Beavis and Butthead that are on Paramount Plus. Are they any good? They're actually pretty good. Yeah, they uh like they do this weird thing where some of the episodes are like modern day Beavis and Butthead episodes like they're teenagers but it takes place now like they go to a escape room or whatever but then some of the episodes are the modern day of the 90s Beavis and Butthead so they're like 45 years old but still sitting on their couch making fun of videos uh and instead of music videos it's like YouTube videos and TikToks and stuff it's been it's been pretty funny I'm I'm into like I think there's two new seasons that they've done last two years. I'm like midway through the first season. So I heard Mike Judd is, is they're rebooting uh, King of the Hill as well, which I'm really interested in. I didn't really watch, ever watch Beavis and Butthead, but King of the Hill, I can get into that if they do it right. Yeah. The funny, I was never into Beavis and Butthead like in the nineties when it was actually on, but since then I've liked everything Mike Judge has done. <laughs> so I thought I would check this out. Yeah. He does good stuff. Well, very cool. Ben, what are you into this week? All right. You, you were just talking about the nerdy stuff and I'm just going to take us one step backwards. Um, <laughs> so obviously I love the game football manager, which is basically if you like soccer and spreadsheets, like it's perfect. It's very like you either love it or it's just like way too much. Anyway, there's this YouTuber named work the space and he goes through the seasons and whatnot. It's a great way to learn the game, by the way, if you're interested, but intimidate it. 
you watch that, you learn a lot. Anyway, within um, not actually, I don't want to actually talk about his videos itself, but within them, he does um, these away days. So anytime he has like um, like away competitions, usually he'll go like on Google Maps and check out like the other teams like venue and just kind of assess it and just kind of randomly pokes around. And I don't know why it's just like it's just a lot of fun seeing these like other random teams. He's like in these European competitions. So I think the other day he did like um, what like one of the clubs from oh, where was it? I think it was in like Turkey. It was like a really cool stadium, just showing off the stuff around it. And it's just, and it, and it sounds really dumb explaining it now that I hear myself talk, but I am, uh, I am a sucker really for cool. like stadium tours. I, I love seeing weird, unique stadiums. Yeah. And it's, he doesn't take himself like overly seriously. Like he, he likes, like he likes a good parking lot in him and just like random stuff like that and see what like other kind of like amenities are around the stadium. It's just kind of cool just seeing what else is around there. Like, man, I would probably actually like periodically tune into a series of like just this. So Anyway, that's the uh, that's the thing we'll go with that I'm, I'm into this week. I think it's a lot of fun. Amadou, I know you guys stay pretty busy during the season, but you got to unwind at the end of the day. What have you been enjoying lately? I mean, Danny gave us a couple of days off since we don't play until next Wednesday. So been celebrating Mother's Day with my lady and the baby Sunday. And then um, just been on daddy duties, really. And then when she naps, I started the video game Last of Us Part 1. So I'm into that right now, big time into that. So I can finish that and then watch the show finally. So that's what I'm into. Watch the Nuggets tonight and then try to kill some time and play some video games when the baby goes to sleep. That's about it. Prepare to be very depressed. Really? Yeah. I mean, I only got through the first intro today this afternoon. It's already intense. So yeah, the intro is rough. Especially, so. man, I haven't gone back and played it since I had a daughter, but that was like hard for me emotionally before i was a dad i can't imagine play, replaying that now oh yeah i'm excited though it looks like a great i heard it's a great game so i'm it's, it's it's incredible so well very awesome well zach you want to kick things off we'll uh you want to talk about racing louisville and their win yeah ben i Much think needed. we were too de- we were depressed last week and i i think i think we were gifted by the universe with an awesome weekend from both teams not that uh, I doubt it, any of our teams, but like I was just thinking about back ahead, like oh, if I only have like like kind of negative stuff to talk about, like I don't know like what new I'm gonna say here, right? Like it's gonna be like the same old, same old. We're gonna be beating our heads, but thankfully, we got to buck that trend in racing yeah. oval. Started Had a off big for us. win at home for racing, so three zero win against Chicago. They played the game that we've been waiting for that team to play all season. They they finally strung together two halves where they played their best soccer. And like, this is what the result is when they're able to do that. Yeah. And I, and I mean, it came at an absolutely critical time. Like if, if they weren't going to be able to get it done against Chicago, like who, who do you get it done against? Right. Like we kind of felt that way about like Orlando, but we're like, okay, if they, they couldn't get it done against Orlando, like the red stars, like this is really kind of our, our, our last hope to see if this team is really going to be able to have a full performance on the pitch. And thankfully that they did. Yeah. My, my big takeaway from this one, it, like it was, it was hard to pick a player of the game looking through it because I felt like everyone had a good game. It was just a great overall team game. There was no, I mean, uh, I think Wong Chuang had a, had a very, very good game, but if you just look down the lineup, I feel like everybody played one of the best games they played this season all at the same time. Yeah. I mean, it re- it really was a, a complete performance. I agree with you that like, there was nobody like head, heads and shoulders above the rest. Right. And I, and I agree with you all as well, that Wong had a, had a really awesome game as well. Um, and again, it's just like, they, 
we got to get the full team showing up for that full 90 minutes. Cause again, going back to, um, God, what was that match? Like two matches ago where, um, you know, one had that, let that one go on that probably shouldn't have. And then, uh, DeMello gets the red card and then we subsequently get scored on later in the game. Like it's, there's like, there's little moments, like other people might've been doing their job like sufficiently, but then other people kind of not carrying their weight. So I'm, I'm glad that we, we had a really good outing. I will say, um, I was ready to complain like towards the end of the game. Like we, you know, obviously we were, we were winning, we had two goals, but they're both penalties. And I'm like, that's great and all, but like, I want to be able to see this team score from, from open play, you know? And we got that one. So that, that kind of took away that, that criticism. I mean, but also we have to keep in mind that uh, Melissa Nayer did like an outstanding job in goal for Chicago. And it could have been much worse if anybody else was, was in that there. Yeah. I mean, it's just any time I do feel like anytime the player of the match for the other team is pretty clearly the goalie. That's very good. It says something good about how you played. <laughs> Yeah. So, um, I mean, this is, this is a good performance for, for them to, to build off of. I, I hope that they are able to analyze this tape in, in a good way. Uh, you know, a lot of times I feel like, and I'm going to do chime in if you think I'm wrong, when you're looking at tape, you're always kind of looking at the negative aspect of things, but this one, I think will have a lot of, a lot of good stuff to, to look back. So I guess this is a good question for you. I'm going to do like, what, what are the film sessions like? Is it mostly kind of honing in on things to do better? Our film, I can't speak for the girls, but for our right. film session is always what we can do to do, what do we need to do to be better? Always. It's like, yes, we played well in these areas. Denny will show those, but the emphasis on all our film session is we need to be better at this. Even when we've had our clean sheets the last couple of games, he, everything is, we could have gone, gone score here. We could have gone score here. Like we're not sliding enough and I'm putting tackles in and winning second balls. Like, all the areas we need to get better at, that's what we focus on on the film session. And we have long film sessions. Like, it's like 40, 30, 40 minutes every day. And we analyze everything. Trainings, and have the drawing up, games, everything. So we and we take film very seriously. And to me, I love it because I'm a big film person. I watch film mm -hmm. personally with Danny all the times on my clips where I can do better. But to me, it's great. And I think a lot of the guys love it too because it gives us a chance to look at it and analyze it. So do they cut up like individual like video packages for you guys? Yeah. So Gary does an amazing job and any player at any time can go in there. Gary will have all the clips. Literally this week, I'm going to I do it every week with Danny. He has all my clips, my touch the ball and some off the ball as well, my positioning and everything. And we just go through it. And honestly, Gary is amazing at what he does and it helps me out. And I know it helps a lot of the guys out there too. Yeah, that sounds so useful. Yeah, oh, yeah. I and it's like because it's like individual clips, and then for the team clips, like tomorrow when we go back in tomorrow, we're gonna have a long film session about the whole game. It's like build ups, build ups, defensive, their chances, our chances, and we analyze literally everything, literally like turning out turnovers, everything. Now I'm now I'm fascinated by this. I guess playing the game, you obviously get one perspective, but then watching the film, it's like a whole different way of taking in the game. Like, is it is it pretty kind of I guess jarring in a way to to see it from like a full different context like that. Is it like really eye opening, or is it you pretty much kind of know what to expect? I, I mean, that sounds like a dumb question, but do you get what I'm saying? No, hundred percent. Like you know, <laughs> if you played bad, like oh, I'm gonna get roasted in film. And then if you play good, you're like oh, when you watch the film, like okay, there's definitely areas I could have done better. And so, and it's very good because the way we look at it, we look at it from the uh, studio 
So it's a wide angle. So the whole time you see the whole field, the whole positions, wow. During the footage, live footage, it's only like ESPN footage. But we see yeah. the whole field the whole time. So we see if like you're being lazy on the other side when you're supposed to be sliding, Danny will call you out for it, everything. And the other players too. Danny doesn't want it to be like a lecture. He emphasizes it, like emphasizes on everybody being present, calling people out as well. Not really, of course, but like if you have something to say, an opinion, questions, he encourages people to talk. So it's more of a discussion with all the veterans that we have as well, rather than him lecturing and harping on people and everything. It's interesting. I, yeah, I forgot that you guys have the like the different angles other than just like the broadcast yeah. stuff. And I think seeing the yeah. whole pitch probably tells a more complete story yeah 100 like for example like on the terrible penalty call that i got called on <laughs> i know that i should have been i'm going to get called out on this but already knowing myself that i should have been in a better position on the inside of michael salazar instead of the outside because if i was on the inside of it i could easily win the header instead of being on the outside and trying to reach over him and trying to win that and so you're going to you're going to see that and we're going to see that in the film i'm waiting for it tomorrow for sure but things like that so it's great I honestly I like the feedback I always tell Danny if I'm not playing good he'll call me out of the game and that's how I respond some people have different ways but that's how I like it I like him to be straight honest and forward and that's how he is so works perfectly for me it's good to know even as a professional you still get yelled at for goal side inside oh yeah <laughs> we take care of, one of the big things we do is that we focus on this year is we try to take care of the details and so any little detail helps a lot the, the silver lining to your your penalty call is that like after the match, uh, Coach Cruz was, was pretty adamant it wasn't a penalty, and he's usually not like vocal on stuff like that. So at least you got that going for you. But yeah, I could still see him getting on you for that. Nice. Man, I'd love to be a fly on a wall on one of those sessions. I think that'd be really fascinating. You're probably like, oh, it's not that great. <laughs> <laughs> From somebody on the outside, as you know, it's not you're not going to get ruined on. Yeah, it might be fun. For you, but for the rest of us, it's like, all right, it's coming. But it's more like it's no, it, we know it's coming. It's more for the learning objective, you know. It's not. Danny knows it's like it's not personal. It's business. I'm just trying to get you guys better, and that's it. And there's other people. It's not just Danny the whole time. Yeah, like sometimes I'll yeah. call people out. Everybody else call people out and stuff like that. Like you need to be here and do this and do that. So it helps. We all know we're on this together. We all know we're professionals. We all know when we don't play well or make mistakes. We're just trying to improve every day. Yeah, I think the fact that you guys, it seems like you guys have like a, and, and the team has kind of pretty much always had this like a great like sense of camaraderie and like in family, like there's no like, you, you guys are one cohesive unit. So you're able to have those tough conversations when, with one another without it getting kind of personal and, and causing rifts and divides. You know, part of that is like, we, we get good people anyway, too. We have a like, there's a lot of good veterans, I feel like that can keep control of things. Not that I ever think they do ever get out of hand or anything like that. Oh, 1,000%. I mean, most of the group, if you look at Louisville City, it's a lot of veterans. And it all starts with Paolo, our captain. He leads it all the time. He leads the film sessions as well and things like that. And we look through him. And then you got Brian Olby, Sean Tosh, OJ, Kim, myself. And so and you can tell a lot of the young guys, they learn from it, they feed off of it as well. You got young guys speaking up now. Carlos speaks up, even Elijah, even got – um um isaac speaking up in film and stuff like that as well too so you can tell they're learning and learning they're getting more confident they're learning how to take criticism and things like that they know that if we yell at them in training and things like that in film we're not doing it to me and we're just doing it because we know they can do better yeah and so that's the culture they've instilled here and i'm glad to be part of it 
it's been so great these last couple of seasons seeing the young players really shine in, in advance. I mean, we've had so many good coming through the academy and players who signed that you can really tell like the team culture, like players come here and get better and really grow. And it's really nice to see. Yes, we got some really good players coming. We even got some academy kids that train with us all the time, like Dakota and things like that. And they're very good and they handle themselves very well. So they got a good academy program here. I love it. Like the academy things, one one thing I've been like really obsessed with. I think that's that's our key to like long term success and sustainability is being able to kind of cultivate our, our own talent. And it's I mean, the output already has been been crazy. I mean, several guys, regular parts of the first team. You got other guys that are like you're saying, training with you guys. They're getting that that awesome exposure. And then so years down the road, I think that's gonna pay off dividends. I'm so I'm excited about that. Yeah. I got very sidetracked from the film thing. <laughs> but um <laughs> Oh, I had I had one more thing I wanted to shout out for the racing game. The yeah. uh the Mother's Day player intros that they put that's, together. I, that's what I want to bring awesome. up. That was that was so, that was such a cool thing. Uh, Jeff was showing me that before the match. I thought that was such a brilliant idea. He was telling me about tracking down the the moms to get that video together, like super cool stuff. That cannot have been easy to get. Like there are moms on multiple continents that they had to get together for that intro. Yeah, for various reasons, he said it was it was kind of surprising the ones that were the most difficult to to get just for for a variety of reasons. But uh, but yeah, it turned out really well. They even had him for like um. For all like the substitute players and whatnot, I don't know if they if they got to post those on any of the social channels or, yeah, or they anything. They posted on Twitter. Oh, did they get the? Okay, yeah. I didn't know yeah, about they that. They did one for the starters and then one for the substitutes. Yeah. So I mean, that was really awesome. But yeah, the, the as GDX mom after, made like an entire poster to hold up while she did hers. Somebody, somebody's mom had like both the dogs. They were on the um, <laughs> yeah. on the dock. Who was that? That might have been. I think it was Carson Pickett's mom. Yeah. Checking a dog. I also got a kick because she was the first one in the video. But Katie Lund's mom looks exactly like Katie Lund's just like aged up to mom age. I, I have not seen a mother and a daughter look more alike than those two. That's funny. Yeah. Um, I mean, all, even looking at like the stats of the, uh, of racing's match, like it was just like a solid performance, 2.7 expected goals. I mean, two PKs in there. Those are what, like 0. 0.7, 0. 0.8, something like that. Yeah. Each. But well-earned. I mean, they were, right. they were no, I'm not were, discrediting them. It's yeah. just, they I, got I those penalties because they were making moves in the box and, and putting pressure on the other team. Yeah. 11 on shot uh, on target shots to Chicago's four. That's inspiring. I mean, again, uh, Nair did like such a good job of making that score, keeping that score line relatively in check, all things considered. Um, but yeah, I mean, that was, that was what we needed because again, if we lost, like I didn't know where to go with this team, right? We can talk about the potential that they have all day, but if wins don't like ever come, then like, what good does that bring you? So yeah. I'm hoping they're able to carry this momentum into the challenge cup, which I don't know and if we this have is a weird, take. it's a weird week for racing this week. Yeah. I don't know if this is a hot take or not, but like all things considered, I don't care about the challenge cup. I would, I would rather like if, if push came to shove, I want them to prioritize the, the league to the point where like, in some ways I almost want them to, to rest a lot of our regular starters yeah. For the, what for is a match. challenge cup exactly? I thought it was yeah. like a preseason tournament at yeah. first, so right? And then it turned it into... was a preseason it... tournament. And now this season, I guess because it's a World Cup year, they're do they're playing it because there there is no U.S. Open Cup for the women or anything. So they've shifted it to playing on weeknights during the season, mm -hmm. and then 
a FA big the, most of the challenge cups is going to be played during the uh world cup break well which i think is a good idea because it, it allows them to take a little bit longer of a world cup break from the regular season when all of the star players are going to be gone but you'll still have games going on show the challenge cup going in yeah i mean if we were in a better position i wouldn't you know i wouldn't mind if they fielded like a more like competitive team but give, like, given how the how the league's gone thus far like I'd really rather just kind of keep those legs and like kind of like hide our hand a little bit because we're playing the same damn team again on Saturday. From the player's perspective, though, uh, because they got – oh, I feel bad because I forgot the sponsor. But they got a pretty lucrative sponsorship deal for the Challenge Cup this year, and it's it's like a solid bonus for for the teams that win and finish uh, that's on the line. I think it was like a million dollars in prize money this year or something like that. That's awesome. yeah, so I I, like, sign me up. I think from the players' yeah, perspective, <laughs> it is important to do well in the Challenge Cup this year. Yeah, I mean it's yeah, I mean it's a, it's a tough call, but like I just it, it just to me, I yeah. we we've we've just underachieved thus far so heavily in the regular season. Like I would just rather not yeah. put any eggs in that basket. To be I honest, agree. I, I if the team only wins one of these two, I'd rather it be the the weekend regular season game. I was gonna mention. It's very weird because they're playing Kansas City at home on Wednesday and then Kansas City on the road on Saturday, which it's like 2020 all the over same again. Team back to back is very weird in the schedule. Have you ever very had to do that? No, I don't think I've played the same team back to back. This would be a first I get to witness. So. Who, were, who were you with in, in 2020? I was in Kansas City. Yeah, oh, okay. In Kansas City. We're sporting. Were you were you in the MLS team or were you on um, on yeah I was on the MLS team. too okay so so you didn't yeah because I feel like we played um, Sporting Kansas City too like forty times that season forty fifty something heard, like that oh, the, heard, that's all that's lot. all we played in the regular season was them but the <laughs> pandemic year. yeah the pandemic yeah, that year. was so a we, weird I, schedule was, I can't was, I can't remember if we had any of them back to back but we played like we it was that same little group and we just felt like we played everybody a million times they might have spaced them out though. Uh, I I forget what year it was, but I I think there was one year where, because of the way the standings worked out, we played the same team in the last game of the season that we were going to play in the first round of the playoffs, but I don't remember what year that was. That's the only other time I can remember that happening. I don't know why this came to my mind so quickly, but the Bengals played the Jets two consecutive times. It was like 2009. It was like the end of the regular season, the first round of the playoffs. Obviously, because of that era, they did not win that playoff game. But You're a Bengals fan. Yes. Yes, I'm from the Cincinnati area originally. Uh, I am also a Bengals fan, just because I like their helmets. Okay. Uh-huh. No orange and black's pretty sweet. Yeah, I like the Tigers. Are you, well, so I guess you're a Broncos fan then? Absolutely. I know you're not going to say I'm a Chiefs fan. Absolutely not. <laughs> no, no, we got, Broncos yeah, we fan all the way. I got I got nothing against the nothing wrong with the Broncos. You guys got uh, Sean Payton now, right? Yeah, I mean, hopefully he sick. turns our season around. We've been struggling since Payton left, but we're hopeful here. We're hopeful. Who's even hopefully the starting quarterback down there now? Russell Wilson. Oh, that's oh, right. That's all I say. Yeah, that's right. Broncos country, let's ride. <laughs> <laughs> that was my favorite we got faith NFL in meme him. of last year. He had this last year was a warm-up year for him. We'll be he'll be better this year. I mean, like you, you got like Sean Payton is a pretty like top-notch coach. So exactly, like I, yeah. 
We yeah. got faith. We, we're, we're hopeful this year. We got pretty good confidence. We'll see. If you can knock down the, the Chiefs down a peg, like that do us a solid too. We'd be down with that. I mean, the Chiefs are really good. You should have heard all the trash talk I've gone when I lived in Kansas City the last two years. Because Broncos Chiefs is a big that. rivalry. Yeah, massive. And my girlfriend's from Kansas City, so she's a big Chiefs fan. So Whoa. I've been getting her. Oh, I've been trying. It's not happening. She's also trying to put my daughter in Chiefs fans here. It's not happening either. Can't You're stronger, it. man, than I. If my, if my Broncos gear all the way. If my wife was a Steelers fan, I don't know if it'd work out. Like I just I can't. Do that. <laughs> I, I can't. Man, all right. Well, I'll cheer on the Broncos as long as it doesn't interfere with the um, with the Bengals' interests. Fair enough. I'm a, I'm a big Joe Burrow fan. He's he's a great oh, guy. Great he's quarterback. So cool. too. Time, he's yeah. so cool he's like i got up there all right um any any last thoughts on um on racing or do you want uh, nah, to i want to get to the city game yeah all right well omni let, we'll let you start kind of what were your overall thoughts of the match your um, takeaways i thought we struggled in the first half we looked very tired even danny told us at halftime like we looked extremely tired we gave some bad turnovers in the middle I think personally, I know my PK call kind of rattled me a little bit because I was very pissed about it and I kind of let it get to my head. And Danny put me to the sideline in the middle of the game. He's like, listen, it wasn't a penalty. You got to let it go. Just get back to your game. That's it. Just move on. So that's what I tried to do. Maybe came in at halftime. Danny made some subs. And I think Elijah and Tyler made a big impact. Like Dylan, I thought Dylan played great. I think Carlos played good as well, but I think the energy that Elijah and Tyler brought helped us out a lot. And then instead of trying to rush like we were doing in the first half, when we got into the final third, we actually moved the ball side to side quite a bit and brought them out to open them up. And I think that helped us out a bit, a lot. I mean, a lot as well. So I think first half we struggled a little bit. We looked very tired for some reason. I don't know if it's the heat or humidity or whatever, but second half looked like we got a second win and we got control of the game. And I think we were just dominant. We dominated from there. Then it was, it was just a matter of time before we got our second goal. And then from then on, I was just trying to add one more and just close the game out. It's so such I, a big adjustment when the humidity starts. Oh, yeah. It feels so oh, yeah. different to be outside oh, really like two weeks ago versus now. It really did. Like I was talking to Wes at halftime and like, dude, I can't breathe. He was like, dude, for some reason I can't breathe either. But for some, and then second half, like it, it, to me, second half felt night and day difference between the first half. I don't know what happened, but it was a lot better for me breathing. Wise. I know it was a lot better for everybody else. So we didn't look as tired second half than we did first half. Now I've, I've noticed this and this even extends back to last year. I feel like this team is a second half team, right? Like I, I feel like a lot of our best performances have been in the second half. Like, I mean, is, I mean, is, is coach Cruz making like, like um, tactical changes and stuff that are really making a difference there. You guys just kind of like realizing like, Oh, we can be better. Like, or well, I guess, what do you kind of credit for this kind of success we're seeing later in games? Well, even even during the first half, we know we weren't doing very good and we know we we're doing having bad turnovers and stuff like that. But the thing about it, it, he harped super hard this week and he does every week is that we have to start the game very well. Like the first 20, 30 minutes, we have to start the game very well, especially with Miami. They're a team that if they score first 
and they will just sit in like they did to us last year when we went to their house. We gave up a mistake and they scored and all they did was just sat in the whole game. We couldn't score. So this week he was very adamant. He's like, listen, you guys got to start well. We got to score first and we got to do that. So we did score first. And then obviously they got the penalty call and everything. And then I think we kind of just dipped down a little bit after that. But it's ironic because he always harps on us to start very well. But we are a second half team, like you said. And we don't try to be. We try to play, start very well, and we try to do better in the second half as well. But I think maybe it's the fact that he can talk to the whole team and make adjustments at halftime. Maybe that's a big thing. And we can all talk about it as a team rather than people telling each other individual conversations on the field. But I don't know. He always makes adjustments at halftime, and he always seems to get us going. So big credit to him and Simon and the big cat and the rest of the coaching staff. That's what I was, I was going to actually ask is, is about the changes at halftime. Like, so you, you sound like he's, he's pretty regular at making adjustments. Are they kind of like just small, like individual things, like as far as your, your matchups on persons, or is he kind of making more kind of larger, more philosophical like implementing like bigger changes like that? Like, that? That's a question for him. All he came in in the second half, he was like, listen, we're making two changes. Carlos is coming out, and he said Dylan coming out. Tyler and Elijah are going in, and we were like, "All right, we're not." We look like it's not like like why? Why are you doing yeah. this? You know? <laughs> Explain yourself. No, we got full trust in him and the coaching staff. So he tells us to do something, we're going to do it one thousand percent. We believe yeah. in it. And the thing about it is, we have depth. Anybody that goes in there, we know what we expect. You got to work hard. You got to do your job and play as a team. And so we expected nothing less from Elijah and Tyler, and that's exactly what they did. Well, very cool. Um, Zach, what about you? What are your thoughts on the game? I was going to mention, uh, yeah, I mean, you, you, you've brought up uh, giving up the penalty a lot, but I want to, I want to shout out. You did, you did get it back on the other end by earning a penalty. You want to talk about like, uh, it, I thought it was a very good one-on-one take. You mentioned like the team was spreading the field, trying to get those one-on-one scenarios. Like what is going through your head? on the edge of the box right there when you're trying to take a guy on like that? Um, to me, it was just trying to beat him 1v1 and then try to make a play. And um, ironically, I'm going to tell you guys this. So during the first half, after I give up my penalty and the ref was giving us all yellow cards, our team, none for them. So Dylan got tackled on top of their box by Bowley. And it was to me, it was a yellow card for sure. And it was like, stop, we want to play. And I ran up to the ref. I was like, it's yellow. You literally gave Dylan a yellow card for the exact same tackle literally five minutes ago. He was like, oh, get on my face. Don't run up to me, blah, blah, blah. Fair enough. So Segbert, he goes, he goes, oh, he's just smacked because he gave away a penalty. And he looks at me and he starts smiling. At me. I don't say anything about it. I just smile in his face. Ironically, I remembered that. And so when I got him one view, I'm like, I'm going to take him one-on-one. I'm going to try to do something here. And ironically, he's the one that gave up the penalty after to them, for them, for us. And so to me, it was funny. After that, I just looked at him and smiled and asked. I, I thought he was going to say something. and just kept quiet. But that's a little bit of payback, mental payback. Love it. I love a guy who holds a grudge. Absolutely. That's, that's uh, so definitely. good. But yeah, but we were rotating the ball very well. I got a chance to go one v one, really, and I just took my chance, and it worked out. I was gonna say after you know after you earned that PK, you were hyped up, like you start wake waving up the fans and stuff like that. Like, 
we we need more of that from from the full collective team. We responded. I saw you doing that. I was amped up. I was so happy for you that you got your your chance at redemption. I saw what it meant to you. You got you're bringing the fans into it. Love that stuff. Keep that up. Love, uh, we love the fans, honestly. Like the atmosphere is so far. Like every, I mean, since I've been here since last year, it's amazing. Like everybody wants to come here and play here, play for this team, and half of it because of the fans, and we love it. Like we feed so much off you guys. Like it's unbelievable, and so and we love playing home games, and like that's why I was so hyped. I was so hyped for myself, for the team, but for the fans as well. So it's great. I feel yeah, like all the dogs got to bring a lot of energy on puppy night. <laughs> We are undefeated on dog nights because we we beat Pittsburgh last year for the first one. I think we thumped them. I think it was like three nothing or something. Well, we got to keep it going. Yeah, it was awesome. So, um, but no, I, all in all, thought it was a a pretty pretty excellent match. Much more what we what we've been accustomed to with the team, right? Like so, in the in the past few games, I think some of my concerns have been it's not really so much on the defensive side, but but scoring things. And I and I want to see a multi goal game, and I'm and I'm glad I got that. And I know that Amadou, you and the you and the team and the and the staff probably weren't as as worried about it, but uh, it was just one of those things. I was just looking at the numbers, our averages. I'm like, oh, right now they're 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 not where I would have expected them to be. You know, like I, I feel like we're we're a better team than, than what I'm seeing here. I want to make it clear. I've I've maintained the faith. Just looking at the at the raw data there. Oh no, we know. Uh, we've talked about it a lot. Like. Ever since the beginning of the season, our problem is at first we weren't collectively def- defensive, defensively all together. After we got those eight goals scored on us after the second game, we made adjustment focused on defense. Then we got that mm-hmm. together. And then the still problem was we couldn't finish our chances. We were creating good chances, but we couldn't put it in the back of the net. Like yeah. how like Brian Olby doesn't miss one-on-one chances and things like that. Ray Wilson, all that stuff. And we know like Danny kept harping. Like, I know you guys are pissed about it. I'm really mad about it as well, but we just got to keep the faith and keep working on it. And now that we had finally had a break in our crazy schedule, we had, we got to work on it the last couple of weeks. That's all we've been doing competition, finishing in front of goals. We've been harping on it, harping on it. And Danny just kept keep believing and keep believing in it. So did we. And we have amazing boards. We got Cam, Brian, Ray, all of them, the TT. We got Razzle now. He's there, Paolo, everybody. We have great forwards, great midfielders. We know we can score. It's just putting it in the back of the net. So we got, we put a lot of work in it last week, putting a lot of work in it this weekend. We're going to, keep it try to keep it going and maybe hopefully we just keep scoring three four goals and now we just gotta keep getting clean sheets at the same time so it just can't be yeah. one or the other it's gonna be both at the same time and so that's what we're harping on and we're just gonna keep working on it and keep working on it keep it rolling yeah i feel like coach cruz has like a really strong emphasis on, on the defensive side of things like if you if, if it was one or the other like offense or defense like i feel like he, he has more emphasis on the defense keeping the clean sheets and just being responsible there oh uh, 1000 because he knows like we will score some way we'll create chances and we will score even if it's just one zero something like that but as long as we don't get scored on this thing is we don't get scored on we can't lose so he is very adamant about defense it's not just the defenders though he takes it all the way from wilson down to the goalkeeper, even on the bench and everything. So we're a defensive team, but we got the power to attack. We just got to bring it all together. And we started off slow. 
we not we everybody know we did not play very well. Like we were very upset we tied at Memphis. We were very upset we tied in the Charleston. We did not play well in those games. And then that break came at a good time because it gave us a chance to reset and compete in training and get back to the old Louisville blue collar, work hard, everybody together. And so that's where we're at now. That's what we're getting back to. So we just gotta keep it going from here. Yeah, that was actually one of the things I was going to ask about later is like what that the break meant for you guys. And it I felt to me it felt like an opportunity to reset, step back, you know, take a little break and then also kind of focus on what you need to do. And and it, based off of what you said thus far, it seems like it was exactly that. Like, right thing happened at the right time for you guys. You got that much needed break and able to kind of right the ship, if you will. Not that it was ever that, mm-hmm. of course. Absolutely. Cool. Well, as you mentioned, we got another break. So next, no games this weekend. Uh, next game, Tulsa, next Wednesday. Benton, do you have anything else you wanted to cover on the Miami game? I do want to point out, I have no evidence of this, but I told my, we, I was talking to my seatmates, like, all right, I, I turned to them, like, all right, who's going to score first? And they were off their names. And I'm like, I say it's going to be Dylan Maris. I think he's due. I think it's time for him to score. And then boom, like eight minutes in, I'm like, I'm a genius. Profit. That's awesome. It was awesome to see him score, and like especially since he went through that injury and everything, but yep. was way bad. It was great to see him score. He's a great player. Now he's scoring. Now we're waiting on Razzie to score, and then we're waiting on the big Martin to come and score as well. So, yeah, uh, Rasmus, like he just he he feels like he feels like near in that like that real like overdue point. Like he he's had due, two yeah. opportunities this this past match. The actually the one Dylan scored on, he had yeah, it was a good good shooting opportunity. It got blocked yeah. and, and and fell to Dylan. And he had another one. I, I want to say it was in the second half and it went like just over the the crossbar or something like that. Like yeah, he's getting he like he's getting real down close. and volleyed it. Yeah, he is yeah. coming. He'll get this for sure. Yeah, and then uh Martin, yeah. I'm excited to see him get some some more minutes and 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 bag his first goal. Glad I'm, I'm glad he got on the on the pitch. Um, I saw when when Cam was, I'm like, all right, he's probably gonna make the bench. So I hope we at least get like 10, 15 minutes out of him, which we got. So oh, that's yeah. exciting to see. We've been going on for long, so we will cut to a quick break. And when we get back, I'm gonna do, we're gonna put you on the hot seat. We're gonna ask you a lot of tough questions. They're not tough. Stay tuned, and we will be right back. Welcome back to Vamos Morados. We have the privilege of being joined by Amadou Dia this week. Now we're going to ask him a bunch of questions. We're going to get in deep. <laughs> Amadou, how, how, uh, how's the team feeling right now? You mentioned we, we've had a break. Uh, we're kind of, I think we, we're exiting that like start of the season period and entering the, that mid-season period. Uh, is, are the vibes good in the locker room right now? Yeah, the vibes are good. I think... Um... Like I said earlier, the break was much needed. It was right at the right time. We knew we didn't start the season off well, even if we did win our first two games away, which were crucial, but we did not play nowhere near what we're capable of. And I think everybody knew that, and that break really helped us reset. And I think now we're starting to get back to our old selves. And I think we're just going to try to keep it going, get back to working hard, playing as a team, and getting the results everywhere away home against anybody and so we got some we know that every team we play against they bring the best and so we got to do the same as well so for example Tulsa next Wednesday they got a great new system with Blair Gavin Sam Durr they're turning the whole uh, club around and so we're not taking them lightly they're a good team good players so we're just going to get ready this week back to competing playing hard and get ready for them 
Yeah, a new a striker joined the team, and we made brief mention of him right before the break. Uh, Martin um, Powell's. I don't even know how to say his name. I'll learn it eventually. Um, have you got much of a chance to to connect with them? I guess on or off the pitch, how's he been so far? Yeah, I mean, he's a great guy, super nice. He's um, tall as hell, of course. We call him Peter. <laughs> Peter Couch. <laughs> <laughs> and um, now he's a great guy. He's been fitting in with our team really well, really fast. And so we've gotten a chance to play at a bunch of competing tournaments and stuff, competition days and stuff like that. And he's good and he's going to be a great addition to the team. And so now you start seeing him come in here, you start seeing people getting healthy again and competition is rising and it's just going to make us better. Coach Cruz often emphasizes the, um, the value of, of having those competitions and practices. And it, it, it almost sounded like that was one of the bigger detrimental things with these injuries or whatnot. Is that like, I mean, do you, do you see the the value in that? Like, is there, like, is it really like having more guys available? Is that really kind of elevating the, the play that you guys are having in practice? Oh, it's huge because uh, Danny's big on competition and he tells us every week, he's like, listen, there is no set lineup until I make the game time decision, either Friday or Saturday. He's like, if you're a regular starter and you have a bad week, I have no hesitation of not starting you. He's done it before. There's people that have, when we do our 11 versus 11 tactically and stuff, we start working against uh, who we're going to play against. There are people that have started on the starting team Wednesday and some people have not even made the 18 by Saturday. He has no problem switching it. It's based on performance every week. So it keeps everybody on their toes and he keeps it, he keeps it real. And so that's big time for us. And now that's more people are getting healthy. It's competition it's as it should be. But it's not, he also emphasizes that everybody puts in the work and he has to make the tough decisions. And so if you're mad you're not in the 18 or not starting, do not be mad at the players, be mad at him and his door's always open and then go have a conversation with him and see what you need to work on or ask him why he's not, you're not in the 18, you're not starting and et cetera, et cetera. So he balances it very right, very well. But it's competition always. If I have a bad week this week, I will not start against Tosa. And I know that. Anybody knows that. So every day you got to, there's no days off. Literally no days off. And that's the way it should be. You mentioned you grew up in Denver. How did you get into soccer? Was soccer big in your family when you were a kid? Yeah, it was. So I was actually born and raised in France. So I didn't move to the United States till I was seven. Lived in San Francisco for three years, and then I was ten. I moved to Denver, Colorado, and so there was. I got to watch the '98 World Cup in France, and that's when when they won it. I was in Paris, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm definitely gonna do my best. This is my dream now. Like, I'm gonna try and be a soccer pro, soccer player." And since then, it's been soccer all the way, and so. It's been literally my life. All my friends I've met, all the cities I've lived, the college I've gone to has all been based on my soccer career. Do you still uh, speak French? Oui, monsieur. It's my first language. I still, my mom still lives in France. My dad lives in okay. Denver. They're divorced. So I have brothers, stepbrothers, and stepsisters, and half-brothers in Denver. And then I got half-sisters in France, and all my family's in France, and in Senegal, Africa, and stuff. So we're everywhere. Oh wow! I didn't. I, I didn't know how much French. Like, if as soon as you left, you never spoke French again or whatnot. So oh, that's yeah. cool. No, I try to go back uh, every off season to visit my mom and things like my cousins, uncles, grandma, and all that stuff. And so, yeah, it's my first language. Oh, it's, I've lost a lot of it, but I still try to keep up with it. 
Who's your club team team you follow in France? It is PSG, but but my real team is Manchester United. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Who's your team? Are you going to say Arsenal? No, Leeds. Oh, Leeds. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> are you guys gonna think you guys are gonna stay up or are you gonna nope. go down? You don't think so? What do you got? I'm gonna, three wa- game, we I'm have gonna three watch my ESPN plus in the championship. They're gonna dominate the championship <laughs> next season. There's what three games left, right? Yeah. You guys still have uh, a it, chance, right? So my it's pretty I, tight. It it could go anyway. Those last those last couple yeah. of positions down there. It, it really can't. I'm just kind of pessimistic. I don't. I I, I prioritize uh, domestic soccer, um, like uh, the USL and the and the MLS. And I really for for a while didn't really have like a a, a team I really cared about in the Premier League. I'd kind of casually watch it, but I fell in love with the the Bielsa era lead. So I'm not like that like long of a of a Leeds fan, but um, I've stuck with them despite them getting rid of Bielsa. I'm now a Uruguay fan because they hired him. <laughs> so I'm gonna follow that, but uh, but no, that's that's my team. Zach, who's trouble, your team? I have trouble picking have a Premier League team because like I don't really yeah. have an attachment to any of them. I, like like I, I follow Loose City because they're local and that that like I have a strong attachment there. But I always I always just kind of bounced around Premier League teams because I there's nothing really tying me to any of them. I like Leicester, but they're also probably not staying up this season. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, too. I think me and you are going to be watching a lot of championship next year. Hey, at least you get it all on uh, ESPN plus nice and easy to find all the matches. You don't have to jump around Who different knows? stations. Maybe and... Rex will make it up there eventually. <laughs> Hell yeah. I like I like the idea that I still haven't actually watched the show yet. Me I've heard either. nothing but good things. I just, I haven't got to watch it, but I love, I love the idea of uh, the, the Cinderella run of things of the, just the, the gradual climb. It's cool. I'm into it. Maybe it's the fun part about being a relegation here. Yeah, it's the fun part oh, about man. being able to advance by winning. It's like it's the draw of the European system. Yeah. You, you guys think everyone will get pro reg over here or what? Ah, man, ten I, years. I think it will happen within the USL ranks. I don't. It will never go farther than that. The MLS will absolutely never be part of it. There's just too much money, <laughs> think, too much like red tape for that ever happen. Yeah. Yeah. I think it would take the MLS. Well. Going under for that to ever happen here, I, I think as long as they're a league, they're not gonna they're not gonna let teams come up into them, and they're not gonna send teams down. They're gonna keep it locked yeah. down. Yeah, I don't want to say they're too like the MLS is too big to fail, but it's at a at a pretty big it's at a pretty big point now where like it just like I have a hard time seeing like where that how that league is gonna like go in the dumpster. Like I, it, it feels here to stay, but yeah. uh, I am I am very excited about, about USL. Yeah, possibly seeing it in USL. I think that having having League One or yeah, having League One in the championship with Pro between the two of them, even if it, even if that's just the two leagues, that would be very fun. Yeah, I think that'd be awesome. Yeah, we will never have to worry about relegation, but it'll be exciting to watch that uh, watch from afar all the other <laughs> other fights happening. We're uh, we're we're part of the uh, the USL's Big Six, or whatever it would be here. I'd have to sit down and think if who would be part of that group. What? Yeah, like Tampa, Tampa would be part of it. Um, I'll put Phoenix in there. Phoenix, San Antonio is making a strong case. San Diego. Um, yeah, I was about to say them too. I'm like probably San I feel like Diego. Sacramento historically. I feel like they're yeah. always yeah, pretty good. Yeah, Sacramento. That's fair. 
the batter if the battery keep things up, I think they could earn their way there. They're a very historic team. I don't know. Well, We're still kind of in our infancy, so it's feeling things out these back. What'd you say? Let's say we'll see how the battery bounce back. I'm sure they will. Yeah, I I I I, I think Ben Pierman's a pretty good coach. He's a good he's a good coach. They have a good team, good player. So I think they'll they'll be fine. Yeah. All right. Um first off, uh how is your daughter doing? She's doing good. She's over there in the other room watching Coco Melon. I can hear you. <laughs> I can hear she you from the other room right now. So <laughs> she's uh she just turned nine months. And so she's really in the crawling and trying to stand up and use the walker to start walking. And she's on the move. So actually this week while we had off, I had to baby proof the whole house. So anchor down with all the <laughs> oh, dressers and put all the foam on the corners and everything. And so she, she's starting to get wild, but I love it. I love to see her son figure things out and everything. So she, she's a great dude. It's fun watching their, their little brains Our work and figure things out. daughter's favorite thing was whipping the foam off of every one of those corners. Oh, yeah. She, she loves the foam. Everything she's not supposed to play with, she loves. So. <laughs> Does she take it uh, after, um, more after you or more after mom? Uh, definitely after mom. Definitely after mom. She's definitely so, a mommy's girl. I'll say you're in trouble. You're outnumbered. Oh, 1,000%. It's me, and then I have two lady dogs, and then my daughter, and then my lady. And so it's just me by myself with the four ladies. <laughs> so it's great. <laughs> oh, um, we got some rapid-fire questions for you. You got you to gotta shoot from the hip here, all right? You can't, you can't ever think these. So first one, favorite spots in Louisville, places to eat, hang out, whatever. I just went to the opening of uh, number 15, actually, today. It was really great. It was really cool. What is it, number 15? It's called number 15, and it's right downtown, right next to uh, Repeal, right next to the Yum Center. And literally, they had their uh, like opening today, and they actually officially opened on Thursday. If you guys have the time, you guys should check it out. It's like four floors they have live band like they have a balcony it's really cool bars and everything great food and everything so it's a really good time it's probably going to be one of the best places this summer so it's really cool oh man it's new new no wonder i hadn't heard of it yeah new new yeah putting that uh, on the list what's your favorite month of the year um june my birthday nice oh yeah um favorite uh movie or tv shows watch a lot of tv so right now my favorite tv show would probably be jack ryan yeah i i haven't sat through and watched it all i've caught like bits and pieces of it like the wife's went through and and watched it it looked really good nice like like 24 vibes yeah like that yeah all right uh, what movie or tv show scarred you the most as a kid as a kid, well, I watched a bunch of French TV shows, so you guys probably wouldn't know. <laughs> <laughs> not up to date on my on my French TVs, TV viewing. Um, so we talked about some of this. Um, what other teams do you follow? We so we know you follow the Denver teams, Broncos, Nuggets, Manchester United. Anybody else yeah. you, you kind of closely keep tabs on? 
Yeah, keep close tabs on uh, Sporting Kansas City as well. Got a lot of great friends there. Got a lot of respect for that club and love the city, love the fans. So I always follow them. I'm glad they're starting to turn it around and stuff like that. Say, talk to, I got great. Yeah, talk to the guys all the time. Tamelia, Johnny Russell, Kyrie Shelton, Daniel Rogers. You see, like some of my bestest friends. So I talk to them all the time. So I always keep up with them and watch them all the time because they always play after us. So keep up with them. Yeah. Other than that. I love watching MLS and MLS games as well. So anytime there's an MLS game, I'll just turn it on and just watch and stuff. They made it difficult in the league. I feel like it was always a fun game against Kansas City too. Oh, that was definitely my favorite two team. Like that, we always had the most memorable matches with them. But um, is it, are, are, do you have to go back and watch replays? Or are you able to catch many of the matches live for the MLS? Because I feel like they oh. just they put them all in the same time slot. And it's so like frustrating. Yeah, they used to have it all spread out. They used to have Friday games, much yeah. of Sunday games and stuff. And now it's literally Saturday from nearly 7.30 to 9.30. But most of the time, we usually play a little bit earlier. So I get to catch a lot of the later games and stuff. And Kansas City always plays after us. That's the second half. And stuff. Uh, what would you do if you weren't playing soccer? That's great question i always that i ask myself that all the time honestly i have no idea because it's ever since i was four years old my main goal all i focus on is playing soccer soccer never thought about anything else but i am turning 30 this year and so i'm hoping i can play at least 10 more years on a high level pray i can play 10 years <laughs> at a high level so i gotta start thinking about what i want to do after and things like that so I'm hopefully stay in the soccer world maybe to go do some front office or something like that or in sales but we'll see for now hey, i'm just there, staying on the course there's always an open invitation to our over 30 team what if you ever want to you ever want to keep playing oh, say less i'm in there <laughs> we'll take you, be careful we'll take you up on that <laughs> we need help <laughs> no problem I'll come and come speak sometimes. Just don't tell Danny. <laughs> we'll keep it our secret. I don't know. If, I don't know that he listens to us. So we'll, we'll keep it on the down low. Um, I don't know if you'll answer this one up, but I'm going to try. Least favorite team to play against. Are, are there any teams you have like grudges against or the individual players that you don't like playing against? Who sticks out there? Hey, Memphis. I hate Tampa. I, hate Memphis, Memphis, I feel like they always got, they always got heated. Oh, 100%. I would, I'll just leave it at that because then I'll go off railing and start seeing cuss words and stuff. But I hate I'm Memphis. Not, I hate Tampa. I'm glad to hear your answer is the same one I would have given as a fan. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And especially in Memphis. But, yeah. Definitely. <laughs> All right. What's, uh, what's your favorite flavor of ice cream? Cookie dough. No question. All right, here's one. Would you rather play in 100 degrees heat or zero degrees cold? I would say zero degrees cold. Zero degrees. Because at least cold, you can like put on some layers and you stay warm and stuff. Not 100 degrees heat. Like I was suspended during the Phoenix game last year, where I was really hated about, but I was watching the guys run around in that hot afternoon weather and I was like, yeah, no, like this looks absolutely miserable. <laughs> Took a sip of your cold drink. It's the worst. Yeah, it is. It is, especially here in Louisville, the humidity. At least when I played in Phoenix in summer, it's dry heat, even though it's really hot, but it's dry heat here. The humidity makes it 10 times worse. 
yeah, it's yeah, it's a it's a totally different ball game in this environment. Okay. So hope you're ready for it. It's coming. It's gonna be here before you know it. Uh, we'll be we'll be ready. Then is making sure we stay fit and stuff. So got to be. I have no choice. <laughs> All right. Um, I didn't have any more rapid fire questions, Zach. You got any more? No, that, that ran through it. Cool, cool. Um, yeah, I think that's uh, that's about all that we had for you. Well, Amadou, I want to thank you so much for for taking some of your time to to come hang out and chat with us. We really appreciate it. Um, your your joy to watch on the field. Um, you know, your your joy on and off the field. Really glad to have you as part of the team. And uh, I'm gonna say you're probably one of the one of the more underrated players. So I want people to start giving you the the full credit that you deserve. You do so much on both sides of the ball. You're up and down the flanks, like key piece of the puzzle. So keep up the great work. I really appreciate it. Really appreciate you guys. Like what I meant, when I said earlier about fans and everything, like we're super grateful. I don't think you guys understand how much like the team and coaching staff and like front office value you guys. Like you guys are major key to our success. So we honestly love you guys. Super grateful for you guys. So hope you guys keep it up seriously because we love it. So thank you for having me. Oh, wait, one question. Who do you guys got between Nuggets or the Lakers? Nuggets. For the series. Nuggets. Jamal Murray. Come on. Well done. Well done. <laughs> Love that. I was going to hang up if you didn't say that. Right, LeBron so. is washed. I like LeBron. He's a good human, but See, he's, he's getting pretty LeBron, old. I love LeBron, but yeah, but yeah, he's, he's, still, he's a good he's guy. Still a goat. He's a good guy. I mean, guy, I- but I think the Nuggets got it. I will say, I do love seeing, I lo- I'd love seeing the old guy keep it going. <laughs> I mean, I he's he's he going to play until he can play with his son. So what, that's like, what, like two more years. Like he's going to, yeah, he's going to USC years. next year. Yeah. And then he'll just definitely hit the draft after that. Yeah. So, I mean, Lakers are one of those like historic franchises that have always won. Like what's somebody new in the mix? I know that Lakers haven't been like super relevant and well, I guess they did win recently. Didn't they? You can tell how much I can the NBA. Yeah. The bubble. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. I, I just, I just remember that, but let somebody let somebody else get in the mix. I can't remember the last time that the Nuggets won. Yeah, they have won it UK guy. Always lost to the Lakers in the playoffs. Always. So hopefully this is the year they break that. This is your uh, this is your Bengals Steelers in the playoff matchup. The my boogeyman for for years and years. Like I know that I know that feeling. I get it. Mm-hmm. I'm right there with it's you. It's gonna be good. It's gonna be fun. <laughs> All right. Well, you enjoy that game. And we will catch you at the uh, at the Tulsa match next Wednesday. Hope you guys have a uh, have some good training sessions in between here and there because the uh, you guys have put the bar back up high again. Sure, well, I appreciate you guys. Thank you again. Thank you all for tuning in for another episode of Vamos Morales. We will catch you guys next week. Take care. Bye. All. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.